Hey guys, welcome back to Handbook for Mortals. We're at chapter 18, The Chariot. Now, what does the chariot stand for, guys? Let's find out. Now, the chariot in the upright position means a journey, ambition, confidence, drive, overcoming obstacles, and willpower. Reversed, it means lack of direction, scattered energy, self-doubt. Well, man. This book gives me lack of energy. And self-doubt. Well, yeah. not self-doubt. It actually gives me more confidence in my writing. <laughs> not gonna lie. <clears throat> Sometimes it gives me that self-doubt of, like, you know... This is an actual, you know, published work of fiction, and then I'm over here, like, fucking struggling to live. But the only reason why this was even published is because it was published by people that the author knew. Yeah. And this is their only published book from that publisher, Geek Nation. Mm -hmm. It's their only book, as far as I know. You're right. I'm so. sorry. I'm being down on myself. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It was the noise of the last of tea being sipped out of Mac's mason jar and straw, and then the ice hitting the bottom of empty glass that temporarily stopped the story. Way to fucking ruin the mood, Mac. God damn, dude. <laughs> what is that sentence? He's just like slurping tea. Just <laughs> clink. In a mason. I'm not gonna judge the mason jar thing. Do you want some more, hun? Della said, looking directly at Mac. The beautiful way Della weaved her words and her prowess as a storyteller had Mac listening so intently the whole time that the sudden pause in the story brought Mac, brought him back, brought him jarringly back to reality. While, while their daughter's just, you know, dying in the other room. It's yeah. Fine. It took him a moment to process her question and to also realize she was waiting on him to answer. Why do we need to know? Oh, why do we need to know? We don't. We don't. Also, I was going to say the beautiful way Della weaved her words in terms of, like, the question she asked was what came to mind first. Uh, he looked down at the empty mason jar and shook it a little, causing the ice to rattle around the bottom. He listened to the popping and the snap and hiss of one of the cubes cracking as it finally... As if they might tell him the answer, he finally looked up once the ice settled and nodded. Yeah, sure. Thanks. What? That was kind of pure. I mean, I know, but still. Like, Mac, you dummy. It, it just sounds so, like, intense about tea. It does, and I, you know... That's where it gets a little silly. It's a very pure moment because... He's just so taken aback, and... I'm just, like, picturing him just sitting there, wide-eyed, just like, Okay. Yes, please. Yes, please, ma'am. You could tell by the look on his face he was starting to see Charles in a different light. Mac had seen Charles only one way for so long. A dick. A dick. Mac vaguely knew that Charles had toured as a traveling magician when he was younger, when he was young, but he had never known that he was basically a real carny and a... A piece of shit. No, it's the... It's, it's um, gypsy. Just say it. And a gypsy in a traveling circus. That, that doesn't make you... That doesn't make you... Saya. Saya. 
<laughs> so fucking done. No. No. Just because you travel around in a fucking carnival show doesn't make you a gypsy or a Romany or American gypsy or whatever we want to talk about. No. It's not just a thing. It's a way of people for fuck's sake. In and Hunchback of Notre Dame, the way that people got inducted into it was by... Well, this is in the book book. I'm not referencing the Disney movie, but in the book book, there was a character named Pierre who tried to join, and the way that he had to do it was steal the wallet out of, a ma- like, this, um, like, sack man who was, like, had all these bells sewn on him, and he had to get the wallet without making any of the bells ring. Mm-hmm. And he didn't succeed, and then Esmeralda had to pity marry him, so they wouldn't kill him. Yeah. Damn, Phoebus sounds like a cakewalk. Um, Phoebus was engaged to a chick named Floor. Hmm. And, uh, was only kind of, like, kind of semi-digging into Esmeralda because she was hot. And then we all know Frollo was just lusting after her. Yeah, like a weirdo. Everyone was just lusting after her like a weirdo. Yep. He knew others who had experienced that life. Often people who started off the way they did so because they had nothing and no one. Okay, a circus and carnival and all that stuff, it's like, um... You know how many, like, criminals actually join that stuff? Yeah. A lot. Not to alarm people. Yeah, we're not telling you to freak out over the circus, but... No, I'm just like... The thing is, the circus is only magical when you're a kid. Yeah. When you're an adult, you realize that the clowns are a little bit sad behind their makeup. Wow, Maya. That's so deep. I might post that on Reddit. (laughs) I'm 14 and this is deep. I'm 14 and this is deep. Ah, uh, yes, an edgy 14-year-old totally <laughs> says that. When you're an adult, you realize that the cotton candy isn't freshly made. It's been sitting there for, like, two days. When you're a kid, the circus is magical. When you're an adult, <laughs> you realize that the, <laughs> the clowns are, are a little sad behind their makeup. You realize that the funnel cakes aren't as fun as you thought they were. You know what? I am an adult and I fucking love funnel cake. I love funnel cake too, but there's a difference between funnel cake and circus funnel cake. You're right. It costs more. Yeah. And it's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> Life was really... Um, Char- uh, Mac knew that kind of life was really hard as well, especially back when Della and Charles would have met, and it was far from glamorous. It's still not that glamorous. <laughs> I don't know if things would have 100% changed, like, from the 70s to now, because they'd still have, like, RVs and stuff back in that day, right? They would. They wouldn't be in a wagon. Yeah. Unless you had, like, a very specialized covered wagon sort of thing. Now, the cover wagon thing was still going on in, like, 30s. Yeah. But that's because no one had, like, RVs and shit. Like, I think even as early as probably the 60s a little, there would have been that. But mostly there would have been trailers. 
Yeah. And at least being pulled them by cars. I mean, American Horror Story, like, freak show kind of showed that. And that was, like, in the... That was in the 50s. Max's opinion was rapidly changing, and he really was starting to see why Charles had achieved all of his fame and greatness. Ugh. How? Because he's rude. Because he's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> As Della got up to get more tea for Mac, Charles decided to chime in on part of the story. He figured he could tell the next part in better detail than Della, anyway. Hey, what the what? fuck? As Della got... I wasn't going to... <clears throat> I wasn't going to wait. I wasn't going to wear it. I wasn't going to wear it. He asserted to Mac, who at first looked rather confused as he wasn't sure that what Charles was talking about. The bulletproof vest. Oh, the vest, Mac said aloud as it finally dawned on him what Charles meant. You fucking idiot. Charles he was just so entranced by Della. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it to him. We'll give him that one for free. Okay. Charles nodded and then continued. I was convinced that what Della had done that day, that first day, was some sort of really good parlor trick. I need to crinkle some things. These are my favorite. <sighs> I'm not going to do the Charles voice right now just because That's it does fine. fuck with my voice. And if I had to do it for this whole fucking sentence, because this is at most, this is the most I have ever heard Charles speak. These are my, where I bought, I got mega stuff Oreos at the grocery store last night. Mm -hmm. If you like Oreos, I cannot go back to like even double stuff. Like I need the mega stuff because, you know, I just love all that cream. You knew exactly where I was going with <laughs> You just like getting mega stuffed. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. I'm here all week. <laughs> Obviously, you are. We live 20 minutes away from you. <laughs> this is true. I was a magician who pulled off the, these impossible feats every day. If folks knew how they were done, they would know how easy it is to fool people. I'd always believed we were both tricksters, deceiving people in our own ways. The difference, I always thought, was people came to me to be fooled. They wanted me to deceive them, but they came to her for the truth. I finally realized that she didn't have sleeves to hide her kind of cards, though. So, I tried to have conversations with Betty to see if I could tell what she was thinking or if she acted odd. It didn't take long for me to see that Betty was incredibly hard to read, and reading people was usually something I did easily. Even if I had set had upset her, Della insisted that Betty still loved me and that she seemed to go back and forth between wanting to please me and seeming like she might actually want to kill me. I'd convinced myself that while Della was probably wrong, it couldn't hurt to do what she said. If she was wrong, then nothing would happen. But if she was right, well, then I was stupid to take the chance. Oh, Again, I already fucking had the page marked. Oh my god, why am I sitting an idiot? I don't know. I ask this every week, and you just say it's your <laughs> you dumb ask, bitch syndrome. You ask this probably every, like, hour. Every hour. Every waking hour. No, even <laughs> while I'm asleep. But. Even when she's asleep, she dreams of my dumb shit. I mean, I have before. No, you. <laughs> not okay with it. I don't know how, but it did. But, Charles, you. Again, this, this can be easily avoided by, like, just telling Betty to take the night off. Yeah. He'll get someone else to do it. Or don't do the trick. 
do a different trick. You have time to practice a new stunt. Shut the fuck up. Is it because I'm using logic? Yeah. Okay. Seems to be, you know, a hard thing to find. This is true. Charles paused. Della was a good storyteller, but Charles was a master. Half of his success as a magician was based off in how well he told a story. How how well he told a story. Really? I don't know. I, I, I mean, magic is about sleight of hand. Yeah. Like, yes, sometimes storytelling is important to the sleight of hand, but... But it's sleight of hand and illusion. Mm-hmm. Magicians don't always tell stories while they're doing their tricks. No. No. Whatever. We're over it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the words or the way he spun them, but it was the inflection of each word as it rolled off his tongue and the speed and volume of each and every sentence. Is she explaining how talking works? Is she? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Why are we going into so much detail? That's fucking <laughs> rough, man. Why are we going? I've never had this happen before. I never thought this would happen to me before. How speaking works? How could this happen to me? I am like, this is so... She doesn't need this sentence. She doesn't need this. <laughs> you, ever, you ever just think your audience is so stupid that they don't understand how talking works? How storytelling story works? <laughs> um, Charles' eyes lit up at the right moments and his lips were curled right on cue because, of course... The most important element in theater and performance is timing. I mean, that's true. It is, but, you know, I, I feel like we don't need that explained to us as an audience. Or it could have been worded differently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. He knew how to pause in just the right moment, so the audience, in this case Mac, was so on the edge of his seat that he almost fell onto the floor. Okay, it's not that good. It wasn't that good. This isn't that good of a story. Like, it's an interesting meet cute, but it's not that intense of a story. No. Especially since, like, you can easily poke a hole. Okay, you know, I've been listening to the podcast Scared to Death More, and Dan and his wife, Lindsay, uh, they've talked about how on that channel, they, on that podcast, what they do is, like, they do tell stories that may or may not be real, but the stance that they're doing is, like, when they're reading them there, they are real. Mm-hmm. And so your suspension of disbelief is, like, just thrown out the window. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're like, um, the thing is, it's like, you, like, you're not questioning it when you're being told that story, especially in this tonality of it. But in this case where it's just, like, you're describing how he's telling the story... And how he's, like, so oozing with charisma and so forth like this. Um, I honestly feel like this is just going to turn into, like, oh, the whole entire story about Betty, like, wasn't a thing. Or it was a thing and how, but again, it's, like, what I'm getting at is, like, the thing with Betty, it's, like, that can be easily diffused. Mm -hmm. Either by A, Charles, like, being a little bit sweeter, like, trying to, like, be sweeter on her for a bit or something 
to like kind of see if her opinion will change. Now or here's like, a wild one communicating like an actual fucking adult. That's true too. And him just saying like, "Hey Betty, did I upset you at some point? Yeah. Like, are you okay? You seem a little bit off sometimes. I just wanted to know. It's like, are you okay? Is are things kind of weird after we slept together? Or but we, it's also very ambiguous because it was like you know she has supposedly fallen in love with him and was like watching him sleep before they even slept together. Yeah. So it's like you know." Is her obsession with him. Also, she's aware of him fucking other people. So, mm-hmm. like, are there, like, rooms right next to each other? Or is she just watching him? Is Betty a yandere? I think so. Well, if if you have a yandere fall in love with you, she wouldn't be trying to kill him at this point. She'd still be trying to kill any other people she sees as a threat. It's one of the, it's one of the, you do have the Andres that are like, you know, if I can't have you, nobody can have me. So kind of like, you know. Yeah. But the other thing is, if she's trying to do it during a show, I know you can say it, like, explain your way, oh, it was a mistake, but you can kind of, like. You can still get charged for that. You can get charged for it, and it can also be kind of easily found out that, no, nah, you intended to do this. Mm-hmm. So Betty's just not smart. None, nobody's smart. No one's book. smart. No one. The only one who was smart was a doctor. Right? The doctor. The doctor. And he was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you can't, like, keep someone against their will in the hospital. Per se. Per se. Unless it's, like, um, a certain situation. I mean, I'm just going to say it, and you can, you know, obviously get suicide holds for however long. I was also going to say if someone's getting arrested in the hospital. Yep. Detox. Yep. There's reasons where you can be forced to stay, but if there's certain things, like, I don't know. It's just so stupid. Um... Charles glanced at Della from the corner of his eye, and she smiled back. He looked to Mac and grinned only slightly from the corner of his mouth. His eyes sparkled, making Charles look mischievous and full of secrets. And Mac took the bait. So. So. Mac asked, eager to hear the rest of the story, though he knew that Charles had obviously not died. Thank you. I mean, yeah. Thank you. And he also guessed that Della must have been right. As I scanned through Mac's memories, I could tell that he was still wanting to hear how it all played out from Charles and what happened afterwards to get them to the this point again i'm getting like vibes from i just keep getting big my inner life vibes right i just keep getting them they keep coming they keep just staying there they're just like it's here to stay i don't like it you want um (sighs) he wanted to know what had made his two hosts we're obviously still madly in love with each o- with one another break up and then to not even allow their daughter to see her own father. What? Mac, why do you want to know that? That's so creepy. That's so personal. Yeah. But okay, why did that make it sound like that Charles was also in on not allowing Zade to see him? Yeah. It's you're again, words are important, guys. Um, how it should have been phrased is, 
and not even allow Della to see her, I mean, to not even allow Zade to see her own father. Not allow, like, their daughter to mm -hmm. see. I don't know. It sounds like they're both in on it. Yeah. Which honestly would be more interesting. It would be, but... Of course, like... This book is not interesting. But also, <laughs> it's because, uh... Again, there's that layer of, uh sexism and that it's always the woman's fault yeah going on it's like yeah we always say it's like you know the woman's not always the victim the guy can be a victim but at the same time it's like in this case scenario it's just all these women kept getting blamed or it's all these women blaming zade even though zade's fucking trash zade is trash <laughs> so it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna like throw it out the window but it's like no it's like all these women like you know the whole like the subreddit like men writing women i love that subreddit i do One too my it's awesome but honestly it's like this feels like men writing women this is this is woman rights self insert character of playing the victim but no you get what i'm yeah. saying right it's like any other woman who isn't like Zade or someone who's like on that whole alternative edge like Zade, mm -hmm. they're vapid, kind of vain, only talk about shopping and, well, we haven't gotten uh, shopping in men, basically. That's it. What if I'm shopping for a man? Nuclear explosion. Then you're his mother. Ah, oh, fuck, you're right. Joking. I'm joking, but <laughs> no, um, I'm only joking just because I do see like, yeah, because of where I work, I see like uh, men shopping for their wives sometimes and then women shopping for their husbands sometimes and <laughs> wives shopping for wives, husbands shopping for husbands, you know. Spouses shopping for spouses. Spouses shopping for spouses. Be nice sometimes. Shop for your spouse. Don't make them get everything. But that's what I'm getting at. It's like, it feels so shallow. That's what, like, even Zade is fucking shallow because she's judging these, she was, ju again, she was judging those women by, yeah. because they were talking about shopping, and again, it's like, yeah, it's a legit talk topic to talk about. With anyone. Yeah. Even men. But it doesn't, it, it feels wrong in this context because that's all they talked about. And then you have Zade trying to be high and mighty by trying to say, like, I don't talk about that. I talk about other stuff, like being charitable, and even though that's the only time it's ever come up. Yeah. Which was really weird. Which we've never seen it. We've never seen it. We've never seen her being a legit good person again. We've only ever seen her be hurting two people with her powers. Or being very... Just hurtful. You know You know what this honestly reminds me of? And I'm going to drop it right here right now. You can bleep me out if you want. That's what you fucking are. Yeah. Well, it's also... Mac is also a problem in here because he's, like, stupid caveman jealous. He is, but I've explained away some of it. I know. Yes. He's stupid caveman jealous, but Zade at the same time doesn't do anything to try and, like, diffuse it. No. And the thing is, like, you... It's all... Again, Zade's not self-aware no of her surroundings at all it doesn't like she's not aware of, like even from like you know what she's just not aware of her surroundings period yeah 
like, from even, like, in the bar, like, she was judging other women for fangirling over the band. Yeah. Like, a whole fucking couple pages of it. Yeah, and she, again, with that one girl at the lemonade stand, she just... Didn't defuse the situation No, at all. she could have just said, hey, I just want my lemonade and I'll go. Yeah. Because that's what... Well, one, that is what... Again, this is coming from the whole, like, just the customer service thing. Like, anyone in customer service, they're not going to pull that shit. No. Especially, it's like, you're young and if this is your first job, you're like, I'm afraid of losing my first job. Oh my god, right? Yeah. But, yeah, no one's going to pull that shit. And, again, an easy way to diffuse the conversation is, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I see you're angry. I see, like, you're upset about something. Just give me my lemonade. I already paid for it. And I will go. And you won't have to deal with this. You know, this is a really easy situation to diffuse by, like, I don't want your man. I already got one. But then it just goes, like, but it's, like, no. Just say it's, like, I don't I want your guy. I don't care. Or just, again, it's this whole, it's like, don't make it about the guy, make it about her. Just like, hey, I see you're upset. Yeah. You're busy. You're obviously really busy. I just want my lemonade and I will get out of here. You won't have to deal with me again. And then maybe give her like a $2 tip. But I I feel like... Money always diffuses it, Saya. It does. You're absolutely right. But I know I've said this before about the situation, but she went in, she went into detail that the lemonade girl was not conventionally pretty like yeah. her. Yeah. So again, that's where the whole sexism comes in and it's just like there's just I'm like I honestly don't care if somebody is considered conventionally pretty. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter it, in it this only, situation. It only fucking matters when you're trying to be the victim of every situation. No. Oh, that does remind me of someone that I know. Mm-hmm. It also makes me... Yeah, no. This reminds me of someone that I know who's kind of like that. And it's like she is conventionally pretty, so to speak. But yeah. No. You, you know, if... If you're... Your your man's a fucking teenager and hormones, nonsense. They're gonna stare. They're men. But he was, like, staring in a... Com- like, to the point where it's comical. Yeah. And annoying. And it's, like, that's where it's, like, you know what? We're done here if you're gonna keep doing yeah. this shit. Especially at work. But, no, uh... It's, like, I know there's this whole back and forth, but seriously, like, the way that the women are written in this book, it's, like, so sexist. Because it's only to make Zayd be a fucking victim of supposed, you know... I mean, it's also, like, she has to write... She has to write every woman worse in order to make Zayd seem good. Yeah. It's kind of like E.L. James writing all the men in the book awful so uh, Christian doesn't look as bad. In comparison. That's it. Oh, God. Oh, goodness gracious. Mac had been drawn completely into the story between the two of them. He was more hooked than a housewife watching Days of Our Lives. See? I saw that line and I knew exactly what was going to See? <laughs> oh, my fucking God. You know what? You could also do... 
you could have, you know what? This would have been a bit more funnier. This would have been more funnier just to, it would have, um, he was more hooked than a Obuela watching their soap operas yes. or watching their telenovelas or something. I don't know why that would have been a little bit funnier or he was more hooked. Also days of our lives. No one watches days of our lives anymore. No. Really? It's all about like all those other reality TV shows. It was, uh, he was, he was more hooked. He was more hooked than, you know, if I had to spin it for the guy's point, he was more hooked than a guy watching reading Sports Illustrated in the women's edition. Than watching uh, NFL's Football Sunday. He was hooked into watching this train wreck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, guys, oh my fucking God, this just, just this. Again, if I didn't have everything else in here, this line wouldn't have, like, bugged me. I know. But it does because everything else is in here. He was more hooked on this story than Nate is designing his new fucking Minecraft building. I don't know. <laughs> he was more hooked on this than a housewife watching Star Trek because housewives were the original Star Trek fans, man. That's true. Yeah. That's fun. The whole Days of Our Lives things, it's just, it's it's mostly grandmas watching it. Right. It's, yeah. Which, I mean, I guess you could consider a housewife, but. But it, it was more interesting than a he was more hooked than watching a grandmother watch Days of Our Lives or a grandmother watching watching Jeopardy. That's a little... <laughs> that's a good one. That's a, that's a, Jeopardy's a big thing in my house, guys. It's kind of <laughs> like, don't call me during Jeopardy. We have to form it in a question or else it doesn't count at all. <laughs> well, figuring out how to hide the fact I was wearing a bulletproof vest from not only the audience but from my own assistant was quite a feat in itself. Well, Charles, you're a fucking magician. Why don't you just shove it up your ass? <laughs> Eat it. It'll make your blood bulletproof. It'll make your blood and your bones and your muscles bulletproof. That, that Sunday, I wasn't even sure whether I was hoping for Della to be right or whether I should hope that Betty wasn't really that crazy. I decided to just hope I lived either way. Betty had worked with me for well over a year, and it was terrible to think that someone I knew and had traveled and worked with would be capable of something like murder. You know, that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You're never really aware of how capable of someone, like, capable someone Being is a murderer. murderer is, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it really, uh, it really sticks out to me when we, you know, like to say that the only reason that serial killers are good at what they do is because they're white. True. That vibe, do not come to me with that vibe. Do not approach either of us with that. Well, it's because we have a stat. Well, it's been a. It's kind of. It's more common of a thing if you want to follow it. Uh, serial killers kill within their own race, and the only reason why certain. Well, wait. Most of the serial killers caught are white men. Most. Most. Yes. Quote unquote. Uh, except uh, Night Stalker. But again, we never truly know how many functioning ones there are. Are. They say that there's at least, like, about 50 operating in the United States yearly. Mm-hmm. But the joke is that uh, women, you don't hear more about women serial killers is because we know how to hide the body and fucking shut up about it, Craig. 
Damn it, Craig! Damn it, Craig! But, uh, no. It's, uh... The reason a lot of serial killers are so successful... Ted Bundy. He was conventionally attractive. He was conventionally attractive, and he also... Well, he also, like, made himself look kind of helpless in certain situations. And that would attract people. Or am I thinking about Jeffrey Dahmer? One Um, of them, like, would just pretend to, like, have a broken arm. or something. Okay, Ted Bundy would, like, try to get them off their guard. But also he was conveniently, like, he was conventionally attractive and all that. Um, John Wayne Gate, like, yeah. John John Wayne Gacy was, like, your local neighborhood dad. Yeah, he was a well a part of the community and mm-hmm. he got his victims to trust him because he was like a scoutmaster and he was also a clown that went to birthday parties they trusted him because he was a member of their community and they didn't think he would hurt them yep and with jeffrey dahmer he just was a closeted gay man that you the world wasn't you know as open, open about as it homosexual. is today yeah he's this tiny dude he also went after um, people, like, men in a marginalized community, he went after men of color who were also homosexuals, either mm-hmm. gay, either closeted, or they were open enough to, like, go to a gay bar. Also, like... Also, describing of the situation, it feels like more of a, Betty would be the one to do a murder-suicide if she is this, like, ins- in- insane, quote-unquote. This, unquote. this, um, this, um, deluded and this, like, pulled into Charles as a person, if you want to think of it mm-hmm. that way. Because usually when someone's obsessed with someone, it's either, again, like, if you want to think of it like an abusive relationship, the abuser will just kill their ex. But in some situations, I th- I think this has happened a few times, too, with certain stalker situations where they have sent something to kill the object of their affection. Yep. And then they kill themselves because they thought they got them killed. Or, again, like, the stalker will kill their obsession and then kill themselves. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Um, That's the profile. (laughs) You don't get many deviations from it. Yeah. Also, he got a bulletproof vest pretty quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can probably get them at an army surplus store or, like, a gun shop, but that's, like, a... It's pretty quick. Uh... But, well, when Petty pulled the trigger, I knew Della was right. The bullet knocked me to the ground, even with the vest, and shocked and surprised. And the shock and surprise on my face was real. Um, with the bullet... A bulletproof vest. You're gonna feel it. You're still gonna feel the... You're not... Like, the bullet's not gonna go through you, through you, but you're gonna feel the impact. Unless it's a large enough caliber bullet. Yeah. Because, you know... If it's just, like, a simple handgun, it's not... Yes. Also, this is at close range, too. Yeah. So you're definitely going to get one hell of a bruise. Yeah, no, his, his, he's going to get bruised. You're going to get the wind knocked out of you. You're going to be on the ground for a couple minutes, maybe like 15. You're going to, you're just not going to ha- be having a good time there, no, buddy. No, because getting shot by a bullet is far different than getting shot by a paintball. Also pretty traumatizing. Yes. Yeah. So, she totally shot you, Mac wide-eyed queried. Why is that such a weird sentence? Mac wide-eyed queried. It's just like fragments. It's so fragmented. Yeah. Um, so she totally shot you. Mac's eyes were wide as he asked this question. Or 
Mac, so she totally shot you, Mac asked with wide eyes. Mac asked with wide eyes. <laughs> or Mac's eyes were wide as he questioned this, or... Yeah, no, those those are just fragments. Or you could just, like, not even... Because we already know he's asking a question. Mac wide eye, Mac queried with wide eyes. So she totally shot you, question mark? Mac's eyes open wide. Mac's eyes were open wide, focusing in depth on Charles, his jaw slightly agape. Yep. We already know he's asking a question because there's a fucking question, question mark. mark! God damn it. Even though she, he was expecting that answer, it was still insane in, the, in his mind that it happened. That's completely crazy. I can't even fathom. She really shot you. Yes, Charles nodded before adding one final part of the story. So, Betty went to a mental hospital where I believe she received help and I lived to see another day. That was quick. That was the worst fucking ending ever. That's the worst fucking ending. Because, like, no, if you realize you didn't shoot him, you're just like, my plan didn't work. Balls out or go home. Right? Because it's like, might as well just finish the job. No, that was a... Yeah, you're an expert storyteller, and that is the lamest ending. That's the ending you give me? That's the ending? You're not gonna say that, like, Betty tried to run off, or it took, like... It took them a few days to find Betty after she ran away. They found her in a Motel 8 off the highway with short-cut, dyed, bleached blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And she was in the process of changing her name to... Lavernia Squalis or something weird like that. I don't know. I came up with that last name out, the, out of my ass. I don't know if that's a real name. The trial... Um, there was a trial after all, but it didn't last long because she pleaded... They found her guilty via insanity or mm -hmm. something. I also just really love this because I'm going to be offended for everybody for this, but... The mentally ill are not prone to committing violence. No. Being obsessed with someone is not a mental illness. It's not. Unless it's, like, combined with something, like... Yes. You, like, you do it because the voice has told you to. Yes. Yeah. But she wouldn't probably... But because of that, she wouldn't have been put in a mental institution. No. And um, Yeah. Yeah. Unless there is substantial, credible evidence that, that you cannot stand trial due to your mental illness. But because she would be very fit to stand trial at this point, that's how it would go. Yeah. Also, just kind of wrapping it up, she received help. She tried to shoot you. She's guilty of attempted murder. Yes. In the first degree. Yeah. That's not really a light sentence. No. Even if, like... Even even if you're... Even if you're committed to an institution, that's gonna be a long time. You're gonna be there for a while. You're not just gonna go there for a week and, you know, talk it out. Yeah, no. I, I honestly don't know what it is with everyone and their obsession with this ability that everything's fixed with talking it out. No. Not all. Here's the thing. In small, in, in like, if something is small enough, I do believe, like, if you just talk to each other about it. Yes. That's fine. Like, if you have a problem with someone, you just talk to them about it. 
But it's like you're not going to fix everything instantly with just talking it out. Or you're just not going to fix it at all, period, depending on what you have. Yeah. I mean, if you have depression or anxiety, it's not going to get fixed. It's just easier to manage. Yep. That's what it is with mental illness. It's not curable. It's not fixable. It's just you find a way to manage it with either uh, coping mechanisms or medication. Or both. Yep. Whichever method you feel like using, don't let anybody shame you. We've seen it both ways. Because some people don't want to take medication because they either have, like, a certain paranoia about medication or they do want to take the medication but don't. The thing is, when you do the medication, you also have to try and do the coping mechanisms because you can't just rely on medication. Yeah. Because the medication can only do so much for you. And as your symptoms begin to not be as bad, you will start receiving lower doses of your medication. Yeah. So if your body's only functioning because you're on an incredibly high dose of something, when you start coming down off that, you're fucked. Yep. (laughs) Today on Saya Explains Mental Health. (laughs) Charles added the last bit in for dramatic effect. Not really dramatic, just, um... Just a little insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, ah, oh, Betty, why did you do this? And it was like, Betty, well, why did you try and kill someone? Well, oh, well, we you had- crazy woman. We're just going to send you to the asylum. Oh, well, we had sex and I thought he was in love with me for forever because we only had sex once. Weren't asylums in the 70s still pretty wrong? Like pretty not great. Yeah. Fuck, no. She got sent to the a mental institution in the 70s? Oh. That's worse than prison. Especially when she's not that crazy. Or insane, if we want to put it in, like, a more PC term. Um, oh. Oh, by getting help, it's probably just medicating the shit out of her and letting her just sit in her... Or... S- in her... Or shocking room. her brain. Shocking her brain or ice pick lobotomy. Mm-hmm. That was still a thing. It was. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> We've just made it terrible. We just made it worse. No, Betty didn't get out of this pretty well. She actually got the worst part of it. Especially since, again, in the 70s, it's like, it was, oh, hold on. I want to know, like, I actually want to know something real quick. Uh, (laughs) Lobotomies aren't even, like, outlawed. Only, like, the ice pick lobotomy is. Yeah, they are. They're still allowed. So is electroshock therapy. Wait, I thought it was, like, I thought it was... Is it a different term for the ice pick lobotomy? Because I thought they, like, couldn't necessarily do the ice pick anymore. There are different types of lobotomies. There are. You can do those, but not the ice pick. Or am I wrong? Um, I mean, a lobotomy is not a very widely accepted thing. Just because what they're doing is, uh, just jamming up... They're jamming something through... Into your brain, through your eye, and just trying to chisel off a piece of your brain, which they can't see. Just kind of stick something in there and, like, move it around. Try to break it apart. Try and separate it because, as you know, like, in your brain, like, if you sever certain parts of it, it will definitely change your personality. Yep. Yep. 
But no, Betty did not get off scot free here. She no. she did not get the help she got. She um she probably got worse if we want to like think about it like that. Oh, poor Betty. Even though she tried to shoot Charles like poor Betty. Yeah, prison definitely does some. <laughs> um yeah, compared to like just being in a dark, dreary place where you're overly medicated and just being sat there instead of helped. Prison sounds better. Damn, I think we really need to put quite a few people into a padded cell. I mean, the jacket looks comfortable and it gives you a nice hug. The cells seem padded enough where it's like, oh, I'm not going to hurt myself here. Let me just roll around for a bit. Right. Right. And take a nice nap on the floor. Let me take a nice not nap. Not wake in up my... with a sore back. Let me wake up. Let me just take a nap in my nice hug jacket. <laughs> I'm not doing this to be insensitive. No, this was like, this is just dark humor. And I swear this was like a Tumblr post at some point. <sighs> I mean, it's a fair assessment. That's kind of what a straight jacket is. Hug jacket. It's a hug jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving myself a nice hug. Yeah. Because sometimes nobody you, else will. Because sometimes you need a hug. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Mac was puzzled. He looked into Della's eyes, and after contemplating whether or not he should ask a question, he finally took a breath and asked, What did you see at the end, when he was still in the tent? Oh, Della nodded. It was clear that the question didn't bother her, nor did it seem to be a big deal for her to answer it. There are different ways to explain that. This was the lamest. <laughs> she began to respond, but stopped for a moment and contemplated exactly what she wanted to say. Again, there's so many better ways to explain this. A slow smile crept across her face as she thought about herself and Charles back when they first had first met. We already know this. We literally just had the flashback. <laughs> she figured that telling Mac just the simple facts and the easiest way to answer. So she explained, well, I saw that if he listened to me about the vest and survived, we would be together and we would have Zade. The vision was fuzzy, though, because it depended on him living. And as you know, he had decided at that point that he was going to wear the vest he was only thinking about it. Yeah, this is lame. She could see all of that. Apparently. So lame. Okay, now, going back to My Hero Academia for a moment, there's a hero named Night Eye who does have basically a thing called, like, um, he has a quirk called Foresight where if he touches someone, he can see what they're going, what they're doing for 24 hours. Okay. Uh, he can expand it longer. It just gets fuzzier the longer it's out. Mm-hmm. Now, this would have been a little bit more better if, again, it was explained like that. Like, the further out it is, the harder it is to see. Not like, oh, because you weren't sure about the decision you were making, I can't see the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Also, no one ever calls Zade by for her full name. No. No. Uh She looked over at Mac and could tell... That, to him, her answer wasn't clear. She realized she might need to go into more of an explanation. Before, before Max said anything, she continued, It's actually very hard to see your own future, even if you look. This is because it's easy for you to put your own thoughts into your interpretation and not allow the vision to be seen accurately. So the whole vision I had of Zade shocked me for two reasons. Because I wasn't looking, and because I wasn't sure it was completely real. It was also... It also was odd because I had despised Charles so much before that day and have never thought I would like him or love him like that. Not ever. 
this just again it feels like such bullshit psychic shit like this is the it's bullshit. not even a good love story it's either. not really a good love story good love story would be like I don't know, she'd tell him his... <sighs> she... You know what would have been cute? She did palm readings, too. And he came in and she gave him a palm reading. Yeah. And she, like, pointed out all the lines and the stuff and the love line and things and just kind of... It would have been... Again, we have the whole enemies to lovers thing, not necessarily enemies. I mean, we have it, like, with Zay... You know this repetition keeps happening, enemies to lovers... Not even good enemies to lovers No. What would have been cute, actually, is if just Della already had a little bit of a crush on Charles. Yeah. And if she was just kind of like, um, it would have been cute. Like, she had a crush on him, but he was like, so this, that she's just like, I love you, but I can't stand you. And then when this happened... I don't know. It would have made a better love story if he had actually gotten shot and lived. It would have been a better love story if he was kind of like more like Howell from Howl's Moving Castle. Fair enough. Just because, you know, he was, he, um, because again, we have Howell who was rumored to eat the hearts of pretty women or something. You know, it would have been also kind of like weirdly cute if it was kind of like a James and Lily dynamic from Harry Potter or it would have just been like, Charles just saying, I, you, you will fall in love with me someday. Or just them, just him just like joking around saying, you're going to fall in love with me someday. It's going to hurt so hard. And then he like does a thing where he like, he, he just gives her like at the end of every night after like, um, like if someone threw like flowers on the stage, he would like give her a rose or something. Fair and, yes. Or just like, just, just that being cute. Or if she was his assistant in the first place. Or just something, anything. I mean, oh, think about Big Fish. Mm. Remember how, like, they met at the circus? And yes. then he worked at the circus for a year just so we could learn information about her? I know that's, like, super creepy to think about. That that was that shit was cute. That shit was cute. They fell in love. He planted all those flowers for her. Saya. <laughs> Saya. He planted all those flowers for her. And it's like, you don't even know me. And he's like, I have the rest of my life to figure out. And they got married. They got married, Saya. I'm not crying. Just love that movie. Uh, I knew I wouldn't have put the thought of having a child with him into the reading. If anything, I would have wanted to see it differently if it were up to me. What do you mean he hadn't decided yet? Meg asked having apparently hung on to the one of the first things that Della had said, and she realized that must have been the perplexed look. Della appreciated the question and replied thoughtfully, We all have free will. Now, when you get a reading, you are opening up the possibility of changing what happens based on the information you get, and therefore you are making a decision at that time. It's kind of like when you get into in a car to go somewhere. Wait. That's not how that works. When you're getting into a car to go somewhere, you're like, you're you're going from one destination to the other. The route can be different, but the destination is still the same. Yeah. Also, what didn't we have this whole talk about how you couldn't change destiny earlier yeah, or something? Yeah, we did. Ca destiny, destiny with, with a capital, capital D. D. 
<laughs> so is she saying that it wasn't necessarily destined for them to get together, but it happened? Or is she saying that it was destined for them to get together and have a kid and all this was supposed to happen, but... This doesn't make sense. No, any way we try to put it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I was really trying hard there and then it just all fell apart. It's kind of like when you get into a car to go somewhere. The people you ask about in a reading are the people riding in the passenger seat of your car. You, the one getting the reading, are the driver of the car. Your decisions based on the reading determine where every, where everyone who is riding with you goes. No! When you no. get into a car, you know where you're going unless you don't know where you're going. And unless you're, just, you're kidnapped. Unless you're kidnapped or unless you're just like in that mood of like, I'm just going to drive into the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no! Roads are predetermined! God damn it, lady! Roads are predetermined. And again, your destination is usually predetermined. The route you get on, though, can be different. Again, if you got shot and survived it, it could have been cute. There are ways to survive getting shot. There are many ways to survive getting shot. He would have had a, he would have had a badass scar on his chest. Yeah. Yeah, give me a man with a... I'm just thinking of Geralt again. Oh, no! <sighs> You're absolutely right. <sighs> oh, oh, Geralt. Mm. Geralt of Rivia. Yep. Henry, Henry Cavill is just... He's just a fine specimen of a human being. He is. Whoever created that, we're a big fan of your work. Such a big fan. We want to send you, want to send you so much love and so much appreciation yes. and just. <sighs> we appreciate the art. Yep. I don't want to think about Justice League or Superman though. Just, just Witcher. Just Henry Cavill and Witcher. He is the Witcher. He is the Witcher. I love him. Uh -huh. If someone else gets a reading and they become the driver of their own car, she paused, waiting to see if her explanation had sunk in. I can't explain further, but are you starting to understand? Della asked while smiling softly at Mac. Uh, yeah, it's a little hard to follow, but I think I get it. But then what happened? Mac asked, realizing... That while he was interested in the story, yet even he and even more intrigued by the gift that Dilla possessed, he was pretty sure that he missed the point as to why this was all relevant in regards to what was wrong with Zade. You know, you could just get to the fucking point. I think when we get to no, I remember some stuff, but I think when we get to the fucking point, it's just like you could have just gotten to the fucking point. Oh, you didn't right. have to give us a whole chapter. No. Della actually became my assistant, which is kind of ironic. So she did become his assistant. Okay. Okay. But what about her own shit? Tough luck. It's a man's world, baby. God damn it. Fucking patriarchy. This is where I can say fucking yep. patriarchy. Charles had answered the actual question, which was what which was what Mac had asked. Then what happened? But what he really meant was what happens now, or why was it necessary to tell me all this now? No, sorry, I mean, well, that was a great story, but I'm confused and I think I've missed something. Why did I need to know this? Why does this have to do with Zade dying? What happened to Zade? For the for the first time in the book, Mac, Mac is he's asking making the right sense. He's asking the right questions. He's like, "What does this have to do with Zade?" It I don't know. What does this have to do with Zade? What does 
having to tell the story of how they met have to do with Zade. Della looked happy that Mac had gotten her, himself to the in- conclusion. Oh my god! No! That's a great question, Mac. I was that's, just... a, that's a great question. Everybody else in the class was answering, was waiting for the same question to be answered. I was just about to get to that part, actually. The most important part. <laughs> crying out loud. Della pursed her lips together and for a moment looked deep into Mac's eyes. She was so going to bang him later. She hoped she was doing the right thing. She hoped that he could handle the truth about their, what their family was. She already explained that she could see into the future. Like, literally, she can't reveal anything more. Uh, and she hoped Zayd would be okay with him knowing. She thought about looking into it for a moment with her car. Shut the fuck oh up with God, your fucking car. Literally, cart. y'all. No, not that's not how tarot works. This. You don't have time. Zayd is dying. This is not how tarot cards fucking work. This is the worst suspension I have ever been in in my this life. Is the, no, this is like the worst case of suspense I have ever <laughs> felt. It's more like... When I'm feeling the suspense, it's like, I want to know what's happening. I need to know what's happening next. But it's like, this is the worst because it's like, just get on with it. Just get on with this. This is anger. This is angry. Literally, I do not give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Just tell me what it is. But the reality was she knew he was going to have to understand it all to save my life. You're not going to complain that your mom was like, let me just do a quick reading real quick. And it takes like 30 minutes and all the while Zayd is still dying. I mean, we don't know how long their story took. I mean, it obviously took... It took them like an hour and a half just to explain all that. Well, it already took them over five hours. I mean, it was enough to like serve Max some iced tea during the story and him to finish it. You're absolutely right. So if he was like slowly sipping on it, it's like at least like an, like at least thirty minutes, maybe forty five. I mean, the ice wasn't all the way melted though. That's true. Yeah, we don't know how many cups he's had of it then. That's true. Oh boy. Oh God. But the reality was that she knew he was going to have to understand it all to save my life. Beyond that, if Mac and I were to have a future, he would need to be okay with who I was, so he might as well find out. We know. Same time, Della regretted that I wasn't able to tell Mac myself. Well, yeah, you're fucking dying. And and (laughs) she was sure that it might have been easier on Mac if he had heard the truth from my own mouth. But alas, it was... It was what it was. (laughs) I also would have preferred to tell Mac myself, and I still wish he didn't have to find out so soon after we met. So It's been a year! It's been more than a year! It's been over a year! It's been over a year. Some days I just wake up and I want to ask why. Some days I wake up and choose violence. (laughs) But there wasn't another option and I wasn't in the capacity to voice any opinions. I knew she had no other choice. Della took a deep breath before explaining to Mac what was even crazier than being able to tell the future. She opened her arms wide and began to use them to talk more than she had before. I, and therefore Zaid, come from a very long line of tarot, tarot readers. But we're more than that. The one skill actually has nothing to do with the other. They are separate. Tr- now you're saying. Now you're explaining it. Now, wait. If one has nothing to do with the other, then you're completely getting the point of tarot wrong. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Did you even do the research? <laughs> Obviously not. The ones uh, kind of like welding and carpentry. They're totally two different things, but it can be very helpful if you can do both. 
Did she actually do some of the research on Romani? Because that is a thing that they would do carpentry. There are many that do only one or the other. I think you lost me even more than earlier, Mac responded. The perplexed look back on his face with a confused tinge in his voice. Mac, my daughter and I are tarot readers. Thanks! But that's only the side thing we do. Tarot will help guide you and give you answers to your life's questions, and it points you down your life path to the lessons you need to learn. We all come into the human form to learn lessons and to grow. Tarot helps you to correct the mistakes you've made in your life. Tarot, if we go far back enough, actually comes from the ancient form of Judaism, which we can trace back to the kings of old. Soothsayers in the Bible and the kings would not make moves without consulting one. Actually, that is incorrect. It is. Uh, tarot cards specifically go back to like 14th century Italy, northern Italy specifically. Yes, there were different forms of like um, telling the future. Um, and if we're going with soothsayers, that was more of a Roman, mm -hmm. no, Greek, Roman Greek thing? Greek? Roman? Roman. I'm thinking more Roman because Julius Caesar. Yeah. But if we want to even go forward, like back towards ancient Greece, we've had the Oracle of Delphi. Yeah. Maybe we've referenced this. Um, and if we want to keep going back further, ancient Sumeria. But it wasn't up until, you know, that... But, like, again, it wasn't until, like, the 14th century when we had... I don't know how Judaism feels about... Well, they do have, um, Kabbalah. They do, you're right. And that is a form of mysticism that derives from Judaism. Mm -hmm. So if she actually wants to... Shouldn't she mention Kabbalahism, then, yeah. technically? Technically, yeah, and you gotta call it what it fucking is. Because Judy, like, Ju Kabbalahism is a form, like, it is a, it's not like, from what I understand, it's a, it, like, it comes from Judaism, it's associated with Judaism, I'm not sure if it's like, is it another form of Judaism, but, no, that's, what you're trying to say is Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And it is a legit thing, but... Also, um, when it came to, uh, like, when it, we finally got into AD, I don't know, Domini, all that, and so forth, um, uh, when did, well, Christianity became, like, a big thing. Well, also, if we want to get into it, too, like, the Vikings had runes, and they also had, like, people who were, like... It's really when you start getting into the Holy Roman Empire... The rise of Catholicism. That's when we get all of that. But even then, like, stuff like this was considered blasphemous. Yeah. Because they associated it more with the devil and Satan. And they only associated it with that was because a lot of the things that came with it were, like, oh, well, major points of it were, like, paganism and just, mm -hmm. like, other forms of paganism. Or, again, the, and, the Jews, uh, unfortunately, got the short end of the yeah, stick with a lot and, of things. Uh, I don't necessarily know what a... I know, you know, witches in, like, the Muslim faith are not regarded well. There's, like, um... There's, like, so many different... Okay, there's so many different things with different mysticisms and all that. I just want to say... I just want to... go. I'm... Okay... Okay, here's what Kabbalah is. The ancient Jewish tradition of mystical interpretation of the Bible, first, transmi first transmitted orally and using esoteric me methods, including ciphers. It reached the height of its influence in the later Middle Ages and remained significant in Hasid Hasidism? 
I've never heard of that before. Yeah, neither have I. Well, it's esoteric, so it's little to known. It's like little known. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. It's, okay, yeah, Kabbalah, it's an esoteric method, discipline, and school of thought in Jewish mysticism. Um, academic study of Jewish mysticism, again, I'm getting this all from Wikipedia. I'm not saying, like, oh, I'm an expert on this, but it's, like, uh, hold on. I think I've read a little bit about this before. The Kabbalistic form of Jewish mysticism, Jewish mysticism itself divides into three general streams. The Theos, oh, God. Theosophical speculative Kabbalah, seeking to understand and describe the divine realm. The meditative ecstatic Kabbalah, seeking to achieve a mystical union with God. And the practical magical Kabbalah, seeking to thoroughly alter the divine realms and the world. These three different but interrelating methods of aim and mystical involvement are also found throughout the other pre-Kabbalistic and post-Kabbalistic stages in Jewish mystical development. As three general type typologies, as in Kabbalah, the same text can contain aspects of all three approaches, though the three streams often distill into se three separate literatures under the influence of particular exponents or eras. That That's all I'm going to kind of explain from that. I mean, I know, like, stuff with it, um... <sighs> is she... Is she just trying to explain what Kabbalah is, but not I calling think, it Kabbalah? I think so. Because that's what it... Let's just keep reading. Uh, but Zayd and I also come from an even longer line of practicing witches and even beyond that, magical beings. We do magic of all kinds, spells and things, the real kind spelled with a K at the end. Not what Charlie usually does. Not mortal, but not immortal either, clearly. Della paused for a moment and let Mac digest what she just explained to him. You could see Mac hadn't truly taken in all the words she had just pushed through his mind. He just sat there for a few moments before wondering out loud. Like the TV show Charmed Witches? Mac asked warily. Oh no, that show got to be pretty silly. They did get some things, right? Like the power of three? Well, The power of three is everywhere. Yeah, even in a... Crayol voodoo, that is a thing. Like, three is a pretty significant number in a lot of different forms of, like, mysticism and paganism. Mm -hmm. Even in, like, religion, again, the Holy Trinity. Yeah! Yeah. My goodness, we are just tearing this apart. Ever seen a movie called Practical Magic with Sandra Bullock? Oh, God. Yeah, I think so, Mac nodded. Much more like that, actually. I'm almost sure a real practical practicing witch either wrote that or helped write that, though a real witch probably wrote Charm, too. Mm. Um. No? Because a lot of the information that's, like, in Charmed and even Practical Magic, it's stuff that you can easily research on because what happened in practical magic was one of the sisters getting possessed by a spirit yeah and that is a thing that's on record for like ages and then in charmed there's like well everything happens in charmed i mean they also had like angels and demons involved mm -hmm. and yeah just a lot of stuff and then when it comes to like well like 
when it comes to just about anything with mysticism or anything, uh, words have meaning. That's why you shouldn't say certain words or certain names of demons, because you might summon it. I mean, also think about how in Beetlejuice, if you say his name three times, he gets summoned. And if you yeah. say his name three times again, he vanishes. A again, like, this... This concept is not new! I know it's, it's, it's not a new concept. And I wish this was talked about throughout the book versus it just being info dumped right here. But this is, um... This just feels like a sad way to explain your realm of magic. It's lazy. It's lazy. And again, it sounds like you're calling it something that already exists, but you're not calling it something that already exists. Because you're too lazy to create your own. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to say it's Kabbalah and write a story about someone who practices Kabbalah, go for it. But it pretty much says... This has that same vibe of the damn podcast I had to listen to with the student I'm tutoring. That the lady was terrified of culturally appropriating a language. Even though, like, that... It's not a thing because everyone's encouraged to learn a second language, mm -hmm. like, all the time. And the only way that we can communicate with others is either learning the language. And so is she just saying she just, you know, what that also makes me think of when kind of mentioning, like, afraid to appropriate a language. It kind of sounds like it, it just sounds like gatekeeping and it sounds like. We should just stick to our own language and not learn anything about anything else because we might appropriate it. You know... That sounds is, pretty close-minded to me. The, this feels... What you just said was probably one of the best examples of it hurt itself in its own confusion. Yeah. But with, with this, it's like... Again, it's... Okay, this is coming from my understanding of, like, just mysticism and just everything stemming from the beginning. And, again, Sumeria was, like, one of the first found, like, civilizations in human history. And they had their own god, Like, even the cavemen had their own gods and idols that they worshipped. Yep. So it's like, I can't say too much about that because they don't have anything written. They just have the paintings paintings on the walls but i was also going to mention like with native americans they also have like their gods they have their forms of mysticism they have like they have like um like every culture literally has their own roots i mean again we talked about japan earlier yep and japan has like so many different variants of like demons and their own like there's just so much mm-hmm it's kind of like how with each and every religion or culture, there's a different how the world began story. Yeah. And some of them are very similar to one another, and that's because they're so close to each other. Uh, this is just a... This just sounds like a clusterfuck, and it hurts my head. Also, if we, again, it, coming from the whole, like, it comes from an ancient form of Judaism, and it's like, well... I don't know how, like, Judaism and, like, Islam came into being. 
But what I do know, again, it's like they even speculated that the ancient Egyptians had possibly come up with tarot. Yeah. But again, as I said earlier, I know, like, the one thing that historians can come to is that the earliest form of the tarot card came from a game in northern Italy in the 14th century. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved over time, being able to use it to tell the future or something like the future. And that didn't, I don't think that came into full swing until we got into like kind of the um, 1800, like later, like mid 1800s to like early 1900s, which was when spiritualism became a huge thing. Yeah. And I have explained spiritualism before, but that was like a really big thing back in the day. And then there's all these other stories of, there's just so much out there and this just feels like the laziest way to write about it. It's the laziest way to write about it because you don't want to... You're trying not to offend everyone. You're also admitting that you you, you can't come up with something on your own. Yeah. Or you can't come up with something that is not easily picked apart. Like, I know this is the universe of this, but this is being told in, like, there, it isn't like there's a magical realm paralleled with this. No. This is just the real world. It's like if there was a magical realm paralleled with this, then I'd be more likely to believe the history of it because then we have, like, evidence of it. But here we just have this. It, it's kind of, it really does sound like a cult. Nonsense. It's nonsense. What? That's why I said it sounded like a cult, Taya. Uh... Charles chimed in to help explain what Mac was stumbling over. What I do, what every magician does, is the art of deception. We are very good at becoming con- at being con artists. What Zayd and Della do is real magic. Yes, with a K, not grand parlor Why tricks. do we need to... We know! I just want to Google this real quick. I just... <laughs> I just... I just need to... Della literally just said two paragraphs above the... Oh! Real- Magic, in the context of Aleister Crowley's Thelma, is a term used to show and differentiate the occult from performance magic and is defined as the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will, including mundane acts, as well as ritual magic. That was defined by Aleister Crowley. Oh! The Mac Daddy of Satanism! So that's only a relatively recent con- like- Oh look, firecrackers in the background. But no, the whole idea of that is- that is still relatively a baby in the world. Yeah. That is not, uh, not as long, long lineage as they're claiming. Definitely not to the era of the Romani. That's for damn sure. No, um, this was, a. I mean, this was, that was the first result to come up with it, but I just want to, hmm. Okay, yeah, that's the only thing that kind of comes up with, um, oh, it's also a thing in Star Wars, I think. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Um, hold on. Not huh. real magic, Max said, the words slowly as if it, he was being taught how to say them. 
He felt like he was in way over his head, and he wasn't sure what to do about it. You know the expression, mind blown? That is how Mac felt at the very moment. At that very moment. Then another thought ran through his head, something that bothered him greatly. <sighs> so, do you worship the devil? He speculated. <laughs> he wasn't a go-to-church-on-Sunday kind of guy, but he did believe in God. Della scoffed at his question while shaking her head. Hardly. No. Just like everything beautiful, magic comes from God. Prayer is a form of magic. He gives us all the ability. Some are just afraid of it. Of course, just like any other skill, some are better at it than others. You may play basketball well. I do magic well. She raised her eyebrow and smirked slightly. Well, it's like you... It's true you don't have to be a witch in order to become a witch. You... The whole idea is just opening up your mind to the realm possibility and opening up different energies and different... You're opening yourself up, basically. Yeah. I grew up going to church. I don't remember anything about prayer being magic, Mac retorted. Oh my god, are we getting into this argument? Yep. It came off sounding rude, but Della knew he hadn't meant it to. He smiled kindly and tried to explain further without being mean or judging. She knew Mac had been through quite a lot in the past 24 hours, and having to try to understand all of this now was a lot to ask anyone. You don't think Jesus turning water into wine sounds like like a magic trick, or Moses' rod turning into a snake or parting the Red Sea? What about the kings of old like David? They had priests that practiced magic and told the future. Once upon a time, people were fine with magic, but people get afraid of what they don't understand and start telling people that it's bad. Okay, the point of all those things is that it's God. Yeah, they were... They were acts of God. <laughs> It was, um, with the parting of the Red Sea, it is, it is God parting the Red Sea. Not Moses. But he is, but he is using Moses as kind of like a conduit. Yes. In all of this, like, Jesus turning water into, he's a demigod, technically. Yeah. He's part God. <laughs> so it's supposed to be like, these are acts of God. <laughs> and then when it comes to like people who are again with the people who are telling the future it's like we have joseph in the technicolor dream coat joseph's dreams came from god <laughs> moses talked to a burning bush that was god <laughs> guys i'm not like super like i'm not that much of like a i'm i'm my family is Catholic. I, I just know a lot of shit, but it's like all of these things are technically supposed to be like miracles from God. Acts of God. This is supposed to be like God, not the person individually doing it. Or it's supposed to be like their faith is so strong that they were able to do this. Right? You know? Or like, uh, who was it? Was it who was the one that carried Jesus over the water? Oh, fuck if I know. I can't remember. But it was like, there was that whole part where, um, when Jesus was still a, a young boy, um, he was carried across the water and he was, like, incredibly heavy and that's because he carried the weight of the world on him. Mm-hmm. But no, I just know these things, guys. But seriously, and then, like, if we want to talk about Joan of Arc, again, like, her, the whole thing was, like, she was getting messages from God. Again, all these things, they're, they're messages from God. There's a big differentiation between magic and God. 
This isn't just like, um, this is such a bullshit thing to put in at the end of your fucking book. <laughs> such bullshit. I'm done. Uh, and we're only like, oh my God. This goes on for a few more pages. Fuck me. Just fuck this. Fuck it all. Fuck it. Uh, uh, people who wanted power but couldn't do magic wanted to stop those who could. The gift, like all others, comes from God. <sighs> but it's not. <laughs> Again, like... It's not like uh, Moses willy-nilly went around casting spells again. Like, he did—he wasn't the one who caused the plagues. He just said, hey, the plagues are going to come if you don't let us free. And they did. And then he was also the one who spoke to God about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> this is, again, like... <laughs> this isn't something, like, they'd be doing if God wasn't, like, on their... Like Here on their shoulder. to explain how all this works. This is um. This is kind of one of the most interesting conversations we've had on this this channel. Saya, Saya. Honestly, I mean, even with like the visions from the Oracle of Delphi, those were visions from the gods. Yeah. I mean, if we want to go into it, Lilith is cons technically considered the first witch. Yes. Yeah. We're going the biblical route. Della looked at Mac, waiting for a response. She was satisfied that she had given him enough to begin to question what he had been taught growing up, or at least enough information to doubt that he had believed all along. Is she proud of herself for breaking his mind? I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't like the fact that he's, like, a, a Christian or something. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's, like, practicing, <laughs> no, but it's... it's not. I'm but it's, like, it dick. just sounds like she's content with herself for, like, destroying his own beliefs. That's what it makes me sound like. I don't know. Della kind of sounds like a bitch right now. Right. Not gonna lie. Like, she sounds, like, super smug and super bitchy about this. I'm like, we don't need your fucking smugness. It's like trying, it's, it's like I'm an atheist trying to tell someone that God isn't real. I mean, we already have enough of those and they're already annoying enough. Yeah. It's like, we get it. Or it's like someone trying to tell an atheist that God is real. Yeah. It's those annoying people who blatantly tell people that you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. When it's like, hey, this is the thing that we do. I mean, we don't know what exists. You know what? You know why Harry Potter was successful? Because it didn't mention God or any religion. It was just magic. It's fair. That's what Harry Potter had fair going assessment. on. Fair assessment. You know what? Twilight didn't even have, like, religion going on in it. No. This is just making my brain hurt. He sat quietly for a moment before finally saying, Guess I never thought of it that way. Zayd said something to me one day about people hating things they just didn't understand. I don't know what I, that I I don't know that I agreed with her then. I think I get it now. That's just a common thing. People don't like what they d don't understand. 
That's what the cavemen did. I don't understand how this works. I'm going to throw rocks at it. I don't understand how this works, therefore I dislike it. I don't understand how this works, therefore I'm going to burn you at the stake. <laughs> I mean, it didn't start with witches being burned at the stake, I think. I think it started with the... It was either the Catholics burning the Protestants or the Protestants burning the Catholics. I know they burnt each other, but I don't know which one started it. It might have been the Catholics with the Protestants. God damn it. That sucks. <sighs> sucks to be me. Charles chimed back in. When Della became my assistant, all of a sudden my illusions got better, and then Della started having me work on bigger illusions. I would do them, even though I didn't know even know completely how they worked. She would tell me they were family secret. You suck as a magician, Charles. You suck. Charles used his fingers to make air quotes when he she, when he said the final two words. Sound familiar? Sounds very familiar, Mac said, nodding knowingly. Yeah, well, I didn't even ever want him to be with me just for my skills, but I loved him so much that I wanted to help him. I explained that we had magicians in our family, too. I just conveniently left out the fact that they could do real magic. Honestly, no. But you're using real magic to do magic. <laughs> you're using magic with a K to do magic. <laughs> I don't think the Mac Daddy of Satanism would be proud, Della. Alistair Crowley would not be proud. Alistair Crowley is currently turning over in his grave. Uh-uh. Maybe if we say his name enough, we can summon him. Oh, I don't think that would be good, though. No, I don't think that would be I don't good. think that'd be a good idea. It was great, and we were happy for a long time, Charles added. So when did you tell him, Mac wondered. After we had Zade, I knew she had powers. He had to know at that point, Della replied as she looked fondly at Charles. Wait, so he was there when she was born? I guess so, Maya. Okay. It was evident by looking at the two of them that true love never dies, nor does it know time and distance. When you love someone, it's a force that exists despite what walls you put up to hide how you feel. Oh my Their God. eyes can lie about how much they loved each other. Why is this suddenly my inner life again? Why do I feel like I'm in some bad episode of Bewitched? Fuck you. Are you both being serious right now? Mac was struggling to swallow the story of he was being given. He felt his whole world turning upside down, whether because these people were crazy or because they, what they were talking about was actually real. He wasn't sure. Either way, he felt like he couldn't win. He couldn't be certain which option he had preferred at the, at the moment. Did he hope everything they had said was true or did he hope they were crazy? He figured it was probably better for him if they were telling the truth, but he wasn't sure how much more he preferred that. Come on, tell me straight. Are you both being serious right now? Yes, dead serious, Stella confirmed. I know it's a lot to take in, but I'm sure you're anxious about Zade right now. But I need you to understand these things so you can do your part in helping her. Stella fidgeted with the necklace that she was wearing. The thick, heavy chain sparkled, and the round object that dangled from the chain glittered as it moved. For the first time, Mac noticed the metal pieces wrapped around into a ball with an unusual-looking stone dangling in the middle. The metal looked like it was either silver or plate platinum. Platinum. And it seemed to have odd writing on it. Mac became fixated on Della as she pulled at, at the pendant and ran it back and forth over the chain it hung on. 
He fixated on it because it was a nervous habit that I also had. I knew I had almost the exact same necklace, too, though mine was slightly smaller and the writing was less noticeable. He had never seen me without it and knew it was important and something to do with my family. This is the first time we've heard of this. Yes, it is. Deus Ex Machina. That's why all of Zade's illusions at the theater were secret and weren't being explained. Because they can't be explained, Charles clarified. He felt the more Matt could line up the things he knew were true, the easier he could accept all the rest of it. So I'm still not getting it. What does all this have to do with her being inexplicably sick? I mean, good question. Thank you. When she did the creation illusion, illusion, she built you into it. She was using you as a, how do I explain this? You were a conductor of sorts, a conduit. Some magic needs to be grounded. Basically, like electricity needs a grounding wire. She needed really strong energy to ground that magic and keep it stable. The magic she was doing was dark and old magic that well. That isn't always very stable on its own. It's referred to as chaos magic for obvious reasons. That's why she wanted you to be on the board for the illusion. Using chaos magic to perform... What the hell does that have to do with it? Using chaos magic to perform magic. Using chaos magic to perform... That's not how chaos magic works. It's not how chaos works in general. Chaos. Uh, also, using dark and old magic for a magic trick, that sounds weak sauce. Right? I'm like, I don't care about your fucking medieval age magic, dude. You're using it wrong. <laughs> In the old days, she would have wanted to hold your hand. But as I said earlier, it's all about energy. She realized that if she had you running automation board, that that would be enough, Della elaborated. Yeah. When did you walk off the board? Charles asked, you mean during the show? Never. Like I told you, after we had gotten terrified, I was so upset that I couldn't run it. So I had Cam do it. Mac was sure he had told Charles this already. So he felt like he was repeating himself to a certain extent. So weren't so you weren't on the board at all, Charles was stunned. If Mac had told him that before, he obviously hadn't caught it the first time. Oh, not during any of the performance, no. I was in the theater for most of the show, though, but not running the board or even near it, really. Mac said, solemnly reiterating that he had already told him. Did you leave the theater at any time, Della asked, hoping he could clear about remembering the details. Yeah, in the middle of the illusion, I was still pretty upset and everything seemed okay, so I went outside to the dock to smoke and clear my head. I figured we would need to talk after the show. I hadn't decided what I was going to say. He was feeling a little queasy about the fact that he hadn't been there for me during such a critical moment, even though he had no idea I was relying on him in such a way. Are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding me? No. It's all Mac's fault. I don't know how to use chaos magic. Apparently she does know. She just put it in him. Her energy and using him as a conduit. But chaos magic always takes something. So what was she going to take from him? That's a good question, especially since with magic, it's all about equivalent exchange. Yeah. You can't just... When you use energy from someone, it's not just, um, you're, you're taking it from someone. 
It's not just, you know, energy. They're going to feel tired. Like, no. For this, we're referencing more of Witcher. Yeah. Because remember that one scene where they had to, like, um, what? Didn't they have to bring, like, flowers back to life or something weird? Or they had to do something. It was something with a plant and uh, Fringella. Yeah, she didn't use energy from something and she wound up getting, like, an old lady hand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like... If you take energy from something, you're using that energy. You're not just... What was she going to do to Mac? What are they going to do to Mac? Because, again, equivalent exchange. She did not put the energy into Mac. Therefore, something happened to her and she's dying. That's the equivalent exchange. <sighs> but what would have happened to Mac then? Because she's taking energy from something. She's taking it from a living entity. Yes. And we don't know how much of that energy it was. If she's dying, this would have most likely killed him. Well, that would have been more interesting. Yeah. And it would have really portrayed... But... Nothing would have happened to Mac because Zayd just cares about him so much that nothing terrible would happen. She's fucking dying. The laws of chaos magic do not work like this. Yes. And again, we're using Witcher logic for the most part because this is the only like tie in with anything that we have called chaos. Obviously, just the the root term of chaos is not good. It's not chaos is Chaos is, um, uncontrollable. Yes. So, whatever... So she was using uncontrollable magic. She was trying to control uncontrollable magic. With a human conduit. Oh, my God. You know, maybe this is why that, um... This would make sense on sacrifices and shit. Yeah. You know, that some cultures did back in the day. That would make sense. I feel like we just... That also makes sense with, like, voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. With um, chickens and goats. I feel like we just made Zayd like 800 times worse. She was going to kill Mac. That's my headcanon. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> she was going to kill him. But now they're just going to blame him. Yep. They are. What? What is that? Is that you? Blaming everyone but yourself. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, my God. How long are these fucking chapters? Because this is, hold on, this is how much I have left of this, this is how long the, the next one oh, is. Oh, for crying out loud! We're gonna have to, like, oh my god. I'm gonna see if I can power through this. Uh, he wasn't on the board. I hadn't decided what I was going to say. He was feeling a little queasy about the fact, blah, blah, blah. So as long as you were in the theater, she could draw from you. It was when you walked out that the energy backfired through her, and that's why she's hurt, Delam summarized from what Mac had just told her. Hurt, he thought her comment held a tinge of blame, or at least it sounded like sounded to Mac like he was being blamed. But Della wasn't blaming him at all, just talking out loud. You know, there's a there's a there's a type of tone you take when you're blaming someone. I think Della's blaming him. Me too. There was a long pause during which the wheels inside Mac's head began to turn. The slow realization that everything had happened because he stepped out of the theater suddenly clicked. 
I was on my deathbed because of him. A pain in his stomach started to churn and he instantly felt ill. He turned white as a ghost and his heart began to pound. So, I, I caused this? Mac asked, horrified. Well, I wouldn't put it that way, Clar Della clarified, claim calming him as much as she could while being realistic about it. You didn't know, so it's not your fault. It's not like she told you to go... Told you so you were... It's not like she told you so you were aware. That she's a lot stronger than I knew. Though I don't know how she made it through to finish the illusion, considering that you left halfway through. It's amazing that she could pull from you as long as you were in the theater. Oh, what well, now we gotta blow smoke up her ass. Uh, why would she do that without telling me, Mac asked, sorrow in his voice and pain reflected across his face. Well, I did it with Charles for years without him knowing, and she and she even and she knew that. Of course Charles was in the show, so he couldn't have left. It's really dangerous to use someone who is unaware without a surefire way of knowing they won't leave. Wait. So Zade this whole time knew Charles was her dad. Yes. And they hadn't talked. Yes. For 25 years, yes. we're assuming. And they hadn't moved at all as far as I'm concerned. Here comes an even better question. Because Charles knew, knew exactly where they lived. Yeah. Here comes an even better question, Maya. Yeah. Why didn't she just use Charles as the conduit? You know, that is a good question, because he was right there. And they have a father-daughter bond. Maybe because it was going to hurt him? Maybe. How would it hurt him? Then at the same time, we have it that Della was using Charles, but we don't know how he is. Well, I'm assuming... <laughs> Maybe that's why he left. He's like, I don't want to be a conduit anymore, man. There is a reason why he left, but I'm not going to say what it is. Okay, I know is why. It, is it stupider than what I just said? A little. Okay, of course it is. Um... Uh... Of course Charles was in the show, so he couldn't have left. It's really dangerous to use someone who is unaware without a surefire way of knowing they won't leave. Della was trying to reassure Mac it hadn't it wasn't his fault, but it was only partially working. Well, I wasn't supposed to leave. I was just livid at the time. I I left I let my emotions get the best of me. What if he was sick that night? Right. That's something I don't usually do. If only I could make it right, Mac said the last words as he drifted off in thought. He felt more regret than he ever had about anything in his life. As I poured through Mac's mind, I could feel his stomach churn and the realization came to him in waves of nausea. Well, it's funny you should ask. How do I explain this? Um, this isn't exactly the best explanation, but basically because you cause the energy surge, you have to fix it as well, Della explained. She figured she might as well get to the whole point of why they had told him everything they had up until now. Fucking finally. <laughs> Matt could tell from her face that she didn't like this explanation she had just given, but she couldn't think of a better way to describe this. What do I have to do? Mac asked, ready to help fix the situation. Even though he wasn't sure what it meant he had to do, he didn't really sound confident at all in his question, and frankly, he was nervous as to what her answer might be. Normally, I would sugarcoat this, but we don't really have that kind of time. I'm just going to get down yeah, and dirty. Yeah, because he wasted all telling a damn story. She's still wasting time. Get down and dirty and to the point. Please try not to freak out. I have to forge a, um, well, it doesn't matter what it really is. 
it's going to look like a dagger, though it won't actually be a dagger at all. It's not worth explaining to you what it really is, other than it's magic. At three o'clock sharp tonight, we are going to have to plunge it into her heart on my altar outside. Jesus! They have an altar outside? This is a cult, isn't it? I think so. Um, also, what... I'm, I'm assuming it's something like an anthame or something, but you're not supposed to use that to harm people. It's supposed to be used to making wands or stabs. Yeah. I know weird shit, my guys. I know weird shit, guys. Stop looking at me like so that. So then what is this energy going to do? They're just going to stab her. Delis had said all of this without any dramatics. Her face was stone cold and her gaze was completely focused on Max face and eyes. Max sat still for a moment, processing what he, she had said. Had he heard it wrong? Was she really serious? His head started swimming even more than it had been and felt even more like he was ready to vomit. When he snapped out of his reverie... That's not what a reverie is. No, it's not. Mac was shocked and horrified, and the feeling that the people around him might be totally insane was creeping back to him. Uh, yeah, get GTFO, man. GTFO. Right. His eyes were wide and he tugged at his hair. He looked at Charles and Della as if each had three heads and the tail of a dragon. There was no extra heads or tails, though. Oh, thank you! Charles, <laughs> whom he had known for 11 years, looked exactly as serious as Della. Are you screwing with me? I wish I were, Della said sorrowfully in a very serious monotone voice. How in the hell could stabbing her through the heart help her? Do you know how crazy you both sound right now? Max snapped and snarled back, his eyes narrowed as he and he gritted his teeth while he waited for the answer. It's extremely difficult to actually explain, but in a way it will release the energy that's been battling with that she's been battling with. Plus, remember it's not a real dagger. It's just going to look like one. What the fuck? It's magic with healing properties. Think of it like an EpiPen. And once the overload of energy is released, then I will be able to heal her. Why does this sound like shooting her in the heart with adrenaline? Then I will be able to heal her. Right now, the energy is bouncing around her body and ripping her apart inside. Why do they need him to do it, though? I don't know. Della ran her hand over her hair. She waited for on a reaction from Mac. She could only hope that he would be willing to believe their story, as crazy as it probably sounded to him. Max stood up and began to pace the rooms, beads of sweat starting to drip down his face. He stopped in front of the window over the sink and stared out into the large backyard. Della couldn't see his face from where she was sitting, and she had to wonder what he was thinking. Would he be willing to trust them? Without him, the whole procedure was near to impossible. Della's hands traced over the table out of nervousness, the tips of her... Her fingers tracing the grooves of the tabletop in an alternating slow and swift mo movements as the clock ticked by. God, get on with it. Matt couldn't believe everything that had happened in the past 48 hours and everything he had heard and what he had just been asked to do. He was experiencing emotions he had never felt mixed with what seemed like sheer nightmare. To say he was overwhelmed would be a gross understatement. There was no words to describe how it felt, and even he wasn't sure himself. His nerves were raw, he hadn't slept, he was scared, and then there was this whole story of magic that he was supposed to just believe. Max shifted his weight, but didn't turn around and only continued to stare out the window into the moonlight, moonlit night. Is this really the only way to save her? He asked solemnly as he placed his right hand on the glass of the window. Okay, that wasn't bad. No. 
that was actually pretty good. That I know of, yes, Della responded softly. She'll die otherwise, he asked quietly, still facing the darkness of the night, his breath shallow and coarse. Yes, Della said. Della nodded as she said it. She glanced at Charles and her eyes seemed to say that he needed to add something to the conversation. I just want to s oh my god. Oh my fucking god, there's still this much left. Della's not sure that at the point, at this point, that even this will save her. Zade is pretty far gone already. Yeah, it's because you had to take her from a fucking... It's because you had to do... Because you had to transport her? Jesus fucking Christ. You had to transport her. You had to tell her, the, tell him the whole damn backstory. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure the story is what got her. Cheryl's voice resound, res, resounded with pain and urgency. Mac finally turned around and faced the table. He leaned against the sink and looked directly at my mother. Della, is that true? She still might not make it. There is no guarantee right now, but her chance is zero if you won't do this. Della concluded with desperation and a hopeful pleading in her voice. She didn't beg, but she asked him for his help, with all the love a mother has for her only child. There was a long silence and the sound of Mac grinding his teeth before he finally spoke. His voice was louder. His voice was louder and more forceful than he expected, though every emotion had drained from his face. He looked, a com looked completely stone cold. You don't know how insane what you're asking me to do. You know... Ugh. You don't know how insane what you're asking me to do sounds. He shook his head in disbelief of the next set of words he was going to utter. Della thought he was going to say no and as she started to stand up and beg him when he continued. Okay, I'll do it. From the look on his face, you could tell that it was about the last thing he wanted to agree to. He sighed loudly, then softly said, I can't believe I'm agreeing to this. I can't believe I'm fucking agreeing to this. Jesus fucking Christ. I just wanted to go to Taco Bell. Just wanted to have our argument, then go to Taco Bell, and then maybe fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Della looked at him tearfully. I do know how insane it sounds, Mac, but thank you. Relief crept over her face, and the tension she had been carrying fell away from her. I need to get to work. I'll be back in a bit. Thank you. You don't even know. I... Thank you. Della didn't know what else to say. She put her hand on Mac's shoulder for a moment, squeezing it in appreciation before walking out of the room and then slapping his ass. <laughs> Charles sat quietly, studying Mac's face carefully. He had only ever known Mac in the work environment, and work Mac was always a confident and really sure of himself kind of guy. Arrogant, even. Someone who never for a moment showed a side that was vulnerable, weak, or scared. Why does this sound like Charles is like describing himself? Right. The Mac who stood in front of him was anything but those things. He looked nervous, on edge, and beyond scared. Terrified might even be more like it. Instead of a man in control of his world, Charles saw a boy in front of him and realized that he saw a lot of himself in Mac. There this makes go. it creepier! <sighs> Charles also finally saw how much Mac really cared for Zade. Mac, for his part, had been trying to hold his emotions in, but couldn't anymore, and at that moment broke down, allowing a few tears to stream down his face. It was something Mac had never done in front of anyone, at least not since he was a little kid. What if I lose her? And it's all my fault. It wasn't a question. Charles could tell that, tell that the reality that Zayd could die had hit Mac, and he was feeling the full force of that truth. You won't. We won't. You can save her. Charles assured him, hoping fervently that this that it was true. Mac, trying to get the attention of himself, figure, of himself, figured he might as well get some answers while they were waiting on Della to return. 
His voice was was weak. Hey, a spelling mistake. <laughs> Instead of um, W-E-A-K, it's W-E-E-K. <laughs> and crackled a bit as he spoke. Can I ask you something? Anything, Charles agreed, smiling softly. Why did you and Della break up? And even more importantly, why did you walk out of Zade's life? Max's eyes narrowed and his brow furrowed. He couldn't understand why this man could have possibly left the only woman he ever truly loved or a daughter he adored. Charles understood the question instantly. He thought for just a moment about how much of the, of the real answer he should give at the moment. After some quick contemplation, Charles decided it was best to be completely honest. Oh, thank you, Charles! In regards to Della, well, the biggest reason is that I was a very stupid, ignorant man. And it's a very long story. Ah, fuck. He paused for another moment before he carefully chose his next set of words. Also, I'd like you to understand that I never left them. Della left me and took Zade away. Though, yes, it was because I did her wrong and deserved it, at least for the most part. Pain and sorrow filled Charles's voice, and his eyes looked heavy and pierced with regret. I think that's the first time I ever heard you admit you were wrong. Mac teased him softly. Yes, I know it doesn't happen very often, Charles chuckled at himself a little. Mac was... Mac cracked a slight smile before asking another question. You said it's a long story. What's the short version? Mac had quickly gotten serious again. It dawned on Mac that in ever that our 11 years working together, he and Charles had never really shared much of their personal lives. In fact, he was pretty sure they had shared more in one night than they had in all the years they had worked together. Charles nodded before continuing. Let's just say you handled all of that information about Della and Zaid remarkably well compared to how I handled it when Della told me. I lost it when she told me what she was. It was after we had Zaid. I thought maybe she had made me love her. Which, by the way, even they can't really do. Lust, yes. Love, no. Magic can help open your eyes and heart and change circumstances to make it optimal, but it can't fo force you to force anyone to love you. Um, what about love potions? Yeah. There's I'm, a whole song about it. I mean, there's like, I mean, with a love potion, it's not like a, it's not real love. It's more like, it's like fake love. Mm -hmm. Charles gave Mac a long, hard look while he stare, stated the last part of what he said. He wanted it to sink in so Mac wouldn't worry about the same thing at some point and make a similar mistake. Because I wasn't sure if I could believe her. I cheated on Della to see if I could. When I was able to cheat, I realized that if she had put a spell on me, she wouldn't have let me let me be able to do that. I felt so guilty about what I had done that I started drinking heavily and even started doing drugs. Della said she understood and forgave me, but I got to a real low point. To make matters worse, I also started talking about putting Zade in the show. I guess Della saw that the guy I used to be, the jerk that slept around and was power and money hungry. When she asked her card, she saw that going back to my old life was one path I could take. There was another path where we would all be happy together, but she couldn't see which of the two I would choose in the long run. So she chose her own path. She just up and left, and I came home one day to a letter. Charles paused again, waiting until he felt Mac, underst he felt Mac understood the gravity of what he had said before continuing with the story. In the letter, she said that she would come back when and if I decided to take the right path and when she saw it clearly her leaving made me so much worse because she left it made me depressed it caused even more havoc on my thoughts on top of everything else I was embarrassed I never talked about my failure I found out later that 
later, though, that she did put a spell on me not to talk about Zaid or to admit it to a connection or to admit to a connection to either of them. That never made any sense to me, but I think it was because our breakup was just too hard on her. It broke her heart, so she thought it was best to push me out of her life altogether. She just didn't want to have to deal with our past at all. That's the short version anyway. Someday I'll tell you, you the full one. What the fuck? Okay, Della, I can get you leaving because your husband turned into an alcoholic and he's using drugs and you have a young daughter that you want to protect. I understand that. It's really sleepy. it's really the cheating for me because we it's stated multiple times that Charles is a womanizer. Yeah, but here's the other thing. It's like <laughs> It is the cheating for me as well, but she didn't leave him because of the cheating. Yeah. Which it's like that would have been a first for me. It's like, yeah, I'm leaving you and I'm taking the kid because that is a no bueno thing. Yeah. But it's also the drugs and alcohol for me. Which I get, again. And then him potentially threatening to exploit his daughter on stage is another... Like, you don't even have to explain anything yeah. else. You can just say, I talked about putting his aid in the show, and she was like, nope. Like, she could put up with everything else, but us, like me doing that to our daughter, that was a nope. So, Della, you're not in the wrong here. You are in the wrong, though, for the other bit that you did. Yeah. That one's weird. And it doesn't make sense. No. No. That just sounds like a dick move. It does. But, I mean, if you wanted to be a real dick, you would have just made him forget. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, that would have been more interesting. It would have. From what I learned when going through his memories of that night, Charles had not opened up to anyone about his past like that ever. Even he was rather surprised how honestly he had told Mac his story. It apparently felt good to tell it all to someone especially someone who could relate to the situation at least on some level. Might want to start writing then, Max said cryptically. What? Charles asked, confused by the statement. You might want to start writing the book, after all. The long version has to be a book of what of that was the short... Wait. After all, the long version has to be a book if that was the short version. Mac looked very serious for a moment, then broke out in a large smile. It was a quick injection of levity they both needed. We'll just send you the cliff notes, Charles joked back. Mac nodded and laughed lightly. Sounds good. The weight of keeping so much of his life hidden for so long had been so hard on Charles that he felt sort of instant peace after telling Mac. He, amazed how, he was amazed how nice it felt. He breathed in and out fully and felt lighter than he had felt in a long time. Okay, but why, why are we still blaming Della? This feels like the author is still blaming Della. <laughs> Even though, like, Della at this, like, at that point, she was trying to protect her kid. I don't, I don't like any of it anymore. In all honesty, this book just gets more annoying every time I fucking read it. I mean, that's why it's almost finished. I mean, I think we only have three more chapters. <laughs> <laughs>